Well, welcome to Sedaris. Uh, my name is Dave. And uh, the topic uh, that we're going to be looking at tonight is actually bad news. So here's a question for you. When you receive bad news, or someone says to you, for instance, hey, I've got some good news and I've got some bad news, what do you prefer to have them tell you first? Raise your hand if you prefer the bad news first. Get it out of the way. Clear this. Okay, anybody like the good news first? Nolan Machow. Yeah. <laughs> Doesn't surprise me. <laughs> Give me the good. How many of you just don't even tell me the bad, just tell me the good. We'll pretend the bad didn't exist. Anybody? Okay. Sometimes I've been like that. And uh, unfortunately tonight I'm going to let you know that that's not an option. As a person of God, we must realize that bad news is part of life. Uh, that God allows bad news to enter into his story. And we're going to try to unpack what does it look like in the reality of this life where bad news and good news commingle. What does it look like to not fear the reception of bad news? And in my life, this is something that I've struggled with um, really for the last 10 years. Uh, ten years ago, many of you know that my older sister Kim was killed suddenly in a bicycling accident. And I got three phone calls from my father. And it was the worst of news. And uh, ever since that day, I've had, and I, I believe this, PTSD when it comes to phone calls. Particularly if someone calls multiple times in a row. I have a fear, a, a deep fear that it's must be bad news. And I've tried to work through that and at times done better than other times. Maybe you're like me. Maybe you fear receiving bad news. Maybe the Lord will have something for you tonight. I think it's common. And uh, as we go, I just I want to make sure that you hear this, that, that nothing I say tonight will make bad news good news. I'm not a magician. I'm not going to pull any sleight of hand. Bad news will always be bad news. It will always be unwanted. But there's a difference between that and fearing the bad news. We'll explain that. And I experienced this in a very real way just two weeks ago. I, I shared briefly, if you were here two weeks ago, I, I just shared that, that Allie and I had been going through something and I asked her if it, was, if it was all right if I shared our experience. And we've shared our experience with many of you. Um, and that's very intentional. We want to, to model for you uh, that it's okay, even though it's very hard to share your bad news with others because that's the way God works is through his people coming around you. And uh, two weeks ago, uh, we were set to go in for a doctor's appointment to see the OB for our first appointment, Allie was pregnant, and um, she had had some symptoms that were making us nervous, and I was, I was very, very fearful of the bad news, and on the morning of August 2nd, I opened my Bible and spending time with the Lord, and, and he brought me to Psalm 112, which we'll look at today, and in the psalm, it says, the righteous man shall not fear bad news. And it really spoke to me. I underlined it. I highlighted it. 
And uh, I felt in a very real way that God removed the fear. The fear that was ruling over me. The tyranny of the fear of bad news. And we went to the, uh, the doctor's office and had our first ultrasound. And um, there was no heartbeat. And it was really bad news. And we wept and we cried. And we've continued for the last few weeks, weeping and crying and lamenting and mourning the loss of our baby. And I wanted to share it, and I felt like ever since God gave me this verse, I just felt like, man, there's probably some other people that, that struggle in the same way. And so I had to ask myself the question, did God really help me to overcome my fear, or was I tricking myself? And I've, I've processed it, I, I truly believe that he removed from me the fear of the bad news, even though he chose not to remove the bad news. That's so important. God can remove the fear of bad news, even if he does not remove the bad news itself. And I've experienced that. Now it's an ongoing battle, an ongoing struggle for me. And by God's grace, I I pray that we get pregnant again. And I'll fight this battle to not fear the bad news. So I wanted to share that. I wanted to share this psalm with you because I believe that God wants us all to move towards this better way of life. This way of life that fears the right thing. So if you've got a Bible... Would you open with me to Psalm 12, or 112? The Psalms are right in the middle of your Bible. So if you open to the middle, look to your left, look to your right, you should find the Psalms. If you don't have a Bible, there should be one in the seat back in front of you. Also feel free to Google Psalm 112. And as you're turning there, I'll just tell you that uh, many scholars believe that Psalm 111 and 112 are actually written in tandem, meant to be understood together. And the very last verse of Psalm 111 says this, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And then if you'll read with me, it continues into Psalm 112, saying this, praise the Lord. Blessed is the man who fears the Lord, who greatly delights in his commandments. His offspring will be mighty in the land. The generation of the upright will be blessed. Wealth and riches are in his house, and his righteousness endures forever. Light dawns in the darkness for the upright. He is gracious, merciful, and righteous. It is well with the man who deals generously and lends, who conducts his affairs with justice. For the righteous will never be moved. He will be remembered forever. And here's the verse. Verse 7. He is not afraid of bad news. His heart is firm, trusting in the Lord. His heart is steady. He will not be afraid until he looks in triumph on his adversaries. He has distributed freely. He has given to the poor. His righteousness endures forever. His horn is exalted in honor. The wicked man sees it and is angry. He gnashes his teeth and melts away. The desire of the wicked will perish. And buried in these verses, and I hope, hope to extract some of this, is the key to living a gospel-centered life 
a gospel-inspired life, and a gospel-honest life. And I just want to say, as we camp on verse 7, that bad news will always be bad news. In, in fact, I just, I just want you to stop and recognize this entire psalm is talking about the blessedness of the righteous man. And how interesting it is that he decides to stop and say, so don't fear bad news. Why, why does he do that? Why does this righteous man stop and say that? It's because he himself has feared bad news probably time and time and time again. In fact, the reason that we have the Psalms is not because not fearing bad news is the natural way. The natural way is actually to fear bad news. The normal thing to do is to fear bad news. It is so much easier than this way, which is exactly why we are given the Word of God. It's exactly why God has preserved this psalm for us. It's, it's exactly why we sing it in the congregation of God's people. Not because it's easy, but because it's hard. And again and again, we need to be encouraged and reminded that this is the way God wants us to live, but it's incredibly challenging. So I hope as we unpack this, that if, if you're experiencing bad news, if you're fearing bad news, if you have in the past, I'm not minimizing it. I'm, I'm not justifying it. I'm not going to give you a reason why it's happened. I don't know. And I'm not going to rationalize it and just say, well, these sorts of things just happen. I don't think that's what God wants us to do when it comes to bad news. And I hope it doesn't come across today in what I have to say. This is not silver lining theology. This is not Pollyannaism. But my hope is that when we see the bad news in the full light of the gospel, it becomes livable news. That's the goal. That we can live on, that we can keep fighting, that we can keep pressing forward into the mission of God, into, into the ways of God, that we don't give up, that we don't surrender. And I think we can do that if we learn to turn our fear from the news itself to the giver of all things, God. And that's really the key here in Psalm 112. If you look at the very first line, it says, Blessed is the man who fears the Lord. And then in verse 7, the exact same phrase, even though it's translated in the ESV as is not afraid, it's the exact same form of the, the same Hebrew word, and, and, and should be translated, the righteous man does not fear bad news. And this is the key. Who will you fear? Will you fear the God Almighty or will you fear the bad news of the world? And as I said, I get this wrong as much as I get it right. And the key to, to understanding what he's saying here is, is figuring out what fear actually means. Fear is not the basest form of being scared. Fear means that which I have awe for, that which I have reverence for, that which I respect, 
that which holds weight in my life. Weight to the point that it bends my knee, that it moves me, that it directs me, that it guides me. And so what the psalmist is saying is, the righteous man or the righteous woman, they choose to give that place of honor to the Lord God and not to the news that comes into their life. They choose to let the weight of the Lord bend their knee, guide their path, ground them. Not the bad news. Now this doesn't mean that you receive bad news with joy. It doesn't mean that you receive bad news as longed for. We don't hope for bad news. But when it comes, we choose to trust in the Lord. Guys, I'm in the middle of this. This isn't as someone who has figured it out. This is me every day choosing whom I shall fear. So here's how I want to proceed. I want to first ask the question, why should we fight for this better way? Then I'm going to ask how rethinking what bad news is might help us. And then, and then finally, I'm going, to, I'm going to take a look at how the good news of the gospel is the only thing that reframes all of our experience with the bad. So first, why is it important to not live in, in fear? Well, Jesus told us in Matthew 6, who by worrying can add a single hour to his life? So do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will have enough trouble of its own. Here's what Jesus is saying. He's saying if we do not learn how to fear the Lord above the fear of bad news, what will happen is that the fear of tomorrow's bad news seeps into today and steals our joy. And what he's saying is, you can't get that day back. Once you've allowed that day to be corrupted by the fear of tomorrow, that day is gone. And you have, in a very real sense, robbed yourself of that joy. And God wants us to have joy. He wants us to enjoy Him. And in so doing, when we enjoy Him, we bring glory to His name. So important. That's one of the reasons God wants us to enjoy Him. It's because when we enjoy God, He gets glory. The chief end of man is to bring glory to God and enjoy Him forever. So when we allow the fear of bad news into our today, it robs us of the joy God so wants for us and the glory that He so deserves. The other thing that it does when we choose to move towards this better way of fearing the Lord above bad news, is that every time we do this, it's a victory for Christ. And this is why it's a victory for Christ. Because there's a real enemy. Satan wants us to think on the bad news more than we think upon the Lord God. It's one of his main weapons. Bad news is one of his main weapons to distracting us from the goodness of God. It's one of his main weapons to progress his front line in our lives. And this is nothing new. This works in the spiritual warfare and it works in physical warfare. How many of you have seen or heard of the movie Dunkirk? If you haven't, let me tell you the story of Dunkirk. I won't ruin it for you. It's a historical event. 
It's already happened. <laughs> Pre-United States involvement in World War II, the Germans swept through Belgium, moved into France, and pushed all the Allied forces, surrounded them into one beach in the city of Dunkirk. Uh, they were toast. They were done. 400,000 men on the beaches and nowhere to go. The Germans had them surrounded. And what's so interesting, they, have, they had set up barricades and set up their lines, and the Germans, rather than fight their way in, and they would have won eventually, they decided to do something else. Something that was actually easier, more effective, more efficient. What they did is they printed up some leaflets, and they flew over the top of the troops, and they threw those leaflets out of the planes. Those leaflets rained down upon the Allied forces. And really what it was is bad news. They rained down bad news. I actually have a picture of it. This is one of the original leaflets. And in the movie, they rework it for us so that we can really see what the Germans are trying to say. This is from the movie. This is what they dropped on the Allied forces. Now why in the world would they do this? They already had them surrounded. This is true news. This is a reality. We surround you. There's no way out. But why do they do this? Why do they take the time to do this? Because there is nothing more powerful and more effective and more efficient than bad news. It crushes your will to fight, to live on, and the Germans, they knew this, and they dropped the bad news on the Allied forces. We'll come back to this story. It has something of a good ending because the people didn't give up. They kept fighting on. And although they did not, at that moment, win the war, they did not surrender how history might have been different if they had let this bad news kill their will. Bad news is powerful. It's why the enemy uses it. It's why evil men use bad news. Because it's powerful and it moves in ways that nothing else can. So, we'll come back to that story. But first I want to take a look at news itself to rethink news generally and bad news in particular, that it might be helpful for us as we encounter the bad news of life. Again, let me say it. Bad news cannot be avoided. Sometimes we live into the illusion that maybe if we just make all the right decisions, live the perfect life, live the sinless life, maybe we can avoid any bad news. It's just not true. Look at the life of Jesus. We cannot avoid news, we cannot avoid the bad news, but we can rethink news generally and understand a few things about it. And the first things I, that I want to say about news generally is this, news always comes to us in the context of a story. You do not receive news in a vacuum. It's always in the context of a story. I was thinking about this as I watched Dunkirk. And thinking about how different the same news can be depending on which story you're relating it to. So for us Americans, when we hear the phrase, the British are coming, we think, of course, 
that that's bad news. Well, for the French, British, Belgian soldiers on Dunkirk, that exact same news, the British are coming, was the greatest news that they'd ever heard. Because actually, as the story goes, 400,000 men surrounded on, on all sides by the Germans, nowhere to go except across the English Channel to England, but the British Navy didn't have enough boats, and so what they did is they recruited civilians to take their own boats, their small personal yachts, their fishing boats, their river cruisers, across the channel into war to help save the soldiers. So for these men, these words, the British are coming. It's news, but it's the greatest news. Who'd have thunk? The British are coming is great news. This is what it tells us. That depending on which story you're seeing the news through, it can be very different news. So the first thing that I want to encourage us to do, uh, particularly if we're coming alongside someone who has just experienced bad news or someone who is fearing bad news, is to really try to spend the time helping them explain their story and how this news is affecting them. Because we might think we know how the news is affecting them based on someone else's story, but for them this news could be received in a very different, very nuanced way. I think that's important as we seek to love each other well. But what Psalm 112 will also tell us, that if you are a person of God, if you seek to be a righteous man or woman, what he'll tell us is that what we do in order to live out this calling to fear the Lord and not bad news, is that we must adopt unto ourselves God's story. In fact, what it means to fear the Lord is in part to adopt His story as ours. So if we adopt God's story, if we come underneath His sovereign rule, if we fear the Lord, which is the beginning of wisdom, we enter God's story. God, the Creator, the Redeemer, the Restorer. And then we receive all news within that story. And it will affect the way we receive news. It's also important to remember that there are people that do not receive news within that story. And so even when we share the gospel of Jesus Christ with them, imagine us saying something like this. I've got some great news. Jesus is coming back. I've said that many a time. And I realize that that doesn't hit everyone's ear the same. Because if they have not adopted the story of God, Jesus coming back might be the very worst of news. So maybe in our explanation of the good news, we need to start by explaining them the story with which this news relates. Maybe that's helpful. The other thing I want to say about news is this. News, even if it's bad, can be helpful. I'll see this more fully in a moment. But we can always, if we choose, find something to be thankful for in any news we receive. Even bad news. Because news, by its very nature, is information that helps us to take the next step. And so even, for instance, if we receive the bad news of cancer, we should in some sense be thankful that we know 
what is wrong with our body, that we might take the next step forward. The soldiers at Dunkirk should at least be thankful that the Germans have let them in to the fullness of the reality, which is there is only one way to go. You cannot escape on your own. And in that sense, they remove any idea, any foolishness towards self-rescue. We can be thankful for that. Even if our bad news is terminal, it can be helpful because it gives us an understanding of how much time we have to fulfill the mission of God and bring Him glory. So here's what I want to say. Ignorance of bad news can be bliss, but it never can be missional. Maybe you struggle with this and you just don't want to know the bad news. Maybe when I asked, what news do you want? You said, I don't even want the bad news. Just give me the good. I've been there. I've wanted to live in the ignorance of bad news. But I don't think this is how God intends us to live. When he says in Psalm 112, do not fear bad news, it doesn't mean because you don't know about it. It's because you know about it, but you choose to take that news and to walk forward based upon the information that it gives you. Let me say this also, and I've been here as well. Maybe some of you choose to be ignorant of the good news. That you've become so accustomed, so familiar with your sorrow and your grief and the bad news that, that it's become a close friend. And you've chosen to stay ignorant to the good news, to the blessings of life. I've been there. I don't think that's what God wants for us either. I think He wants us to see all things as clearly as possible, the good and the bad news of life, and then to live forward towards His mission for His glory according to all news that we receive. Now, having said that, having seen that that the first step in fearing the Lord over and above the tyranny of bad news is to adopt God's story to allow God's story to give context to all news, good or bad, and then learning to see the helpfulness of any news as a means to redirect our personal story and mission to fit within God's story and mission. Now I want to take you to the true key, which is to rightly understand the Gospel, which is the good news that covers all other news. And now, you might say, well, I know the gospel, but I want to tell you three, well, actually, I believe it's five, (laughs) five important things about this gospel. This good news of the life, death, resurrection of Jesus. We call it the good news. And it is very, very good news. But here's the important thing to remember. The good news is predicated upon the bad news. Or you could say it this way. You cannot have the good news without the bad news. The historic orthodox gospel of Jesus Christ, you cannot have it without the bad news. That's so important to remember. Here's why you can't have it. Because the good news is actually God's response to the bad news. God does not give us the gift of His Son, the gift of grace, in some neutral vacuum. He only gives it to us in response to the bad news. So if we do not understand the bad news, we cannot understand why the good news came to be. 
that make sense? The second thing is this. The quality and magnitude of the good news can only be understood in connection to the bad news. So, quality. What, what is the quality of the good news? What is the quality of God's love? For many of you, you grew up maybe thinking that, that God's love comes in response to your goodness, in response to your rule following. That's not actually the gospel. The gospel is God's response to your shortcoming, to your mistakes, to your sinfulness. You see that? So you can't even understand the good news, the quality and the magnitude of it without the bad news. The bad news helps us to understand what actually the love of God is, which is unconditional. Furthermore, as we mentioned just a moment ago, the bad news is the only thing that will inform us of our need for the good news. So, so we said, it makes sense of our symptoms. So, so you wonder, why do I keep struggling with this thing? Why do I keep falling short of the man or the woman that I, that I feel like I can be? What is wrong with me? The bad news in that sense is, is, is very helpful news. You have a problem You're infected by this thing called sin. And in that sense, we should be so glad to have that bad news. Because it actually then helps us understand the solution. It relieves us of any foolish notion of self-rescue. I mean, think about these soldiers on the beach of Dunkirk. They receive this terrible news that they're surrounded But in a sense, it's great because now they know exactly where they have to go. To the edge of the water and that somebody else needs to come and save them. I'm so glad that they had the bad news so that they did not think that they could go any other way. When we understand the bad news, which is our sin, it can be great because it tells us the only way to salvation is not through ourself that we must step to the edge of the water and wait for someone to come and save us. Sure enough, the British are coming and they saved us. Not like we expected it to be, but they came nonetheless and saved us. See how Dunkirk is a true gospel story? Just a couple of fishermen crossing the channel, bridging the gap, bringing people to the promised land. Fish and chips for everyone. Okay. One more thing that I'll say here. The bad news is the only thing that makes the good news as sweet as it truly is. Until I really understand how bad my sin is, until I understand my wretchedness, until I understand my true rebellion, until I look it square in the face and don't turn away, when I just look at my sin, my rottenness, my inability to get it right, until I truly understand that, I will never understand the sweetness of God's grace given to me through the Son, Jesus. That's the good news. But I must stare into the depths of the bad news to understand the sweetness of the good news. And I'll also say this, for me, I never truly understood the sweetness of the good news until I lost my sister. 
Because for the first time in my life, it wasn't just an idea. It was that God, through the Son Jesus, chose unconditionally to save my wretched, lost, rebellious sister. And that only because of the good news was she with him for eternity. You see how that bad news made the good news so much sweeter? And I remember that, and I've shared that many, many times with people. How it was not until that bad news that I actually got the sweetness of the gospel. And I experienced it again two weeks ago. When I found out that I lost my child, only then was I reminded of the sweetness of the gospel. That it wasn't anything my child could have done, but by the grace of God. That that truly my child is not lost, but is found. That it's found in the arms of Jesus. I believe that. I don't understand how it works, but the gospel of grace tells me you don't earn your way. God gives it to you. And when I understand the good news in light of the very bad news, I see the true sweetness of the gospel. But we shouldn't be surprised that this is how it works. That you need the bad news to understand the good news. Because the gospel itself, the very news of Jesus' life, death, and resurrection is both good and bad news. You see, it's so good that God sent the Son into the world through the person of Jesus of Nazareth. But it's so very bad that we hung Him on a cross because we didn't want to bend our knee. That He hung there and He bled and He died for me and for you. And that the wrath of God that was due us was poured on Him. You see how how terrible that news is? That's a part of the Gospel. That's a part of the good news. But see, that's not the end of the story. That Jesus, on the third day, rose from the grave. That he beat death. And so the gospel itself informs us of the vital connection between good and bad news. It's the only way it works. It's the only way that this book talks about the salvation plan of God. It's always the commingling of good and bad news to accomplish the ultimate purposes of God. And so even though winter is coming, Jesus Christ is the first fruits of the spring. The resurrection of Jesus Christ is the first fruits of the spring because He has defeated death. Oh, oh death, where is your sting? Where is your victory? It is nigh. Jesus Christ has won the day through the resurrection. That's the Gospel. And so yes, bad news will come. I can guarantee you, bad news will come. It might come in a form that you do not expect. You do not need to fear it. 
When it comes, you will mourn it. You will lament it. You will cry. You will weep. You will call out to God to save you. But you do not need to fear it today because Jesus has overcome death. So the worst of news, which is death itself, the worst of news, which is sin itself, the worst of news, which is separation forever from God, has already been fixed. It's already been overcome. It's historical news. It's already happened. There is no wondering, will it come? It has come. And His name is Jesus. And in the context of that story, in the context of that news, any other thing that the world or Satan or this life can bring, we need not fear it, even though it is incredibly hard and painful. We need not fear it today, for when it comes, it will have enough enough trouble of its own. I'm just learning this, guys. I'm just wrestling with this myself. Now having said that, based on my personal experience, and, and I think Psalm 112 teaches us this, that one of these ways in which the good news helps us in the light of bad news is by reframing the news. Let me show you how this works. No matter the bad news, even if it's terminal, even if it's the news that the soldiers of Dunkirk received, even if it looks very dire, if you understand the good news of Jesus Christ, it can reframe any bad news, not so that it's good news, but that you can live on through it. So this, let me show you how this might work in your life through this story of Dunkirk. So show us that original map, Tof. This is the original bad news. That's terrible news. But if we zoom out, if we transcend this news as it is in itself, one step, that's the exact same bad news, just transposed upon a larger canvas we start to see that the news begins to be diffused in our hearts and our souls. We realize maybe we can make it through this. Now zoom out one more time. Now the bad news, exact same size, but upon a much larger map, begins to lose its power. Begins to lose its ability to rule over us when we begin to see it in the full light of God's grace, of His plan, of who He is. That's why the psalm says, Fear the Lord God Almighty, the Creator and Sustainer of all things. Because when you do, it reframes for us any and all bad news, no matter how hard the news is. Again, the news doesn't change. For those people on that tiny red dot on the beach of Dunkirk, their lives are still in grave danger. But it does not have to lead to surrender. It does not have to lead to giving up. But it can lead to fighting on, living on. And so we go. What's very interesting, um, if you do not know the story of Dunkirk, and I didn't know this, but I'd heard this famous quote 
from Churchill, Winston Churchill. He actually gave this quote the day after the evacuation of Dunkirk. He said this, Whatever the cost may be, we shall fight on the beaches, we shall fight on the landing grounds, we shall fight in the fields and in the streets, we shall fight in the hills, we shall never surrender. The day after, they retreated across the English Channel on fishermen's boats. They can live to fight another day. They did not give up. The war would have been very, very different had the bad news dropped upon them led to their surrender. The entire British, French, Belgian army would have been wiped out. Perhaps then the island of England would have been captured. Perhaps then we might all be Germans. Praise be to God. (laughs) Nothing against Germans. Love the Germans. Okay. This is my hope, friends, that we don't pretend that bad news is good news. It's not. It's terrible. We don't pretend that it's easy. But, by the supernatural power of God living within us, we can choose day in and day out to fear the Lord above any, any news that might come our way. So that we might live on, that we might fight on, that we might continue to work out the purposes of God in this world. And one of those purposes is for us to be vehicles of the good news. That every time the enemy, evil, the world drops a leaflet of bad news, that we would come right alongside and drop the good news with it. And say, listen, that's not the only news that there is. You have coworkers, you have neighbors, you have friends who are living or are about to go through some very bad news, they need you to tell them the good news. The only news that can help them to transcend, to not give up, to not fall into despair. That's our job. If you follow Jesus Christ, your job is to be the good news that comes alongside the bad. I hope you'll join me in that. I hope that when you hear of others' bad news, that you do not minimize it, that you do not say it's not so bad. I hope that you don't rationalize it. Please do not say this sort of thing just happens. That you do not justify it and say, well, you must have deserved this because of your sin. Don't do that. If it's your own, if it's someone else's, mourn. Lament, cry out to God to fix it, and then continue to move forward, as Psalm 112 says, with a firm heart, trusting in the Lord. Would you pray with me? Father God, we recognize that in a room like this, many people are experiencing bad news, have experienced bad news, or are on the precipice of experiencing bad news. And God, I just pray that in this moment they do not feel like that news is minimized, that they do not rationalize it, that they do not justify it, but God, that they see it as it is, bad news, but that they also see it in light 
in the full light of the good news of Jesus Christ. That they choose to place their story within the story of God, the Creator, the Redeemer of all things. And that as that bad news comes into the light of the good news, that even though it's not taken away, God, that it would, that it would be overwhelmed by Your grace so that they might live on, that they might fight on, that they would not surrender to the enemy or to despair, but that they would keep going, seeking to enjoy You, God, and to glorify You forever. It's by Your grace alone, God, that we are saved through Your Son, Jesus. God, may You increase our faith that we might live into this better way, this better way of fearing and knowing the Lord. We pray all this in the name of Your Son. Amen.